Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What up, TCK Potters? I'm your host, Sky Guasco, and this is episode 147 of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Today, I am recapping week 10 and dishing out my ballers and stallers. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. All right, y'all. Sorry for the delay on my ballers and stallers and the week 10 recap. I've been out of town for a long weekend and I have just uh, now been able to get around to my recap. So apologize about that. Uh, unfortunately, without being a professional podcast, I do have other things going on in my life, uh, which I'm hoping to change and someday be a full time podcasting um, geek uh, that I would always love to be. But that is not the case right now. So I was down in California. I live up in Oregon, but I was down in California uh, with my family who I didn't see very often. So uh, it was a great, great weekend. And now I'm finally able to get back in the flow and bring it to you. So apologies for the uh, day late episode, but let's dive right in to the week 10 recap, followed by my ballers and stallers. You know how we do this. I'm going to run uh, run through each game from week 10, and then we will jump into my ballers and stallers on the next episode. Lucas and I will preview week 11, and we're getting ready for the playoffs. Yo, fantasy football playoffs coming around the corner in just three weeks in most leagues, four weeks potentially uh, in others. So uh, keep an eye out there. Start making your trades. Make sure you pay attention to your trade deadlines if that's going to affect you if you need to make a move or uh, you need to kind of keep an eye out if other people are trying to make moves from you um, as well. So without any further ado, let's jump into it and uh, dive into the week 10 recap. We'll dive all the way back to Thursday Night Football. The Raiders and the Chargers talked about this a little bit uh, last week as well. But um, again, the Raiders get a big win uh, at home. Uh, Josh Jacobs scores an 18-yard touchdown with one minute remaining to give the Chargers a lead. And uh, or excuse me, give the Raiders a lead, and they get a big win here. So 26-24, Raiders win Thursday night football against the Chargers. Raiders are 5-4, and four, and the Chargers are 4-6. and six. Uh, Decent game from Derek Carr, 218 and a touchdown. Melvin Gordon, 22 carries, 100 yards on the ground, and a touchdown. I'd like to see that. And Keenan Allen, still not exactly in that wide receiver one category he was early in the season, but eight receptions for 68 yards. You'll take that, especially in PPR leagues. So big win for the Raiders. Let's jump into the Sunday slate. We'll start off with the Chicago Bears upending the Matt Staffordless Detroit Lions. The Bears should have blown them out here in this game, but of course they're the Bears, and until Mitch Trubisky accidentally had three late touchdowns, uh, the Lions kept hanging around in this, but the Bears do get the win 20-13. to 13. Bears moved to 4-5. and five. Uh, Lions fall to 3-5-1. and one. Matt Stafford, there's reports that he could be playing after the bye, there's other reports that he could potentially be done for the season. So we won't know. Um, we won't know for probably, I would say, another two weeks what his actual status is. But of course, if he plays, then he plays. But Matt Stafford, again, suffering from uh, fractured bones in his back, which he played with through most of last year. And it definitely hindered his performance. He's been absolutely incredible this year, but I'm not sure that's going to hold up. So if you have Matt Stafford and you haven't already, uh, now would be the time to go look for another option for this week and potentially heading into your fantasy playoffs. Jeff Driscoll uh, stepped in for him, 269 and a touchdown. David Montgomery, 17 carries, 60 yards for the Bears, and then Allen Robinson, 6 for 86 uh, as well. Not terrible, but again, 
Not much going on here with uh, Trubisky. He did have a season-high three touchdown passes. Mitch Trubisky did, and it was just enough to get by the Lions. But the Bears at home without Matt Stafford, only winning by a touchdown. little concern there about the Bears, and their defense is still very good, but not exactly as dominant as it once was last year. So the Bears do get the win 20-13 over the Lions. Moving into Cincinnati, where the Bungles get absolutely embarrassed by the Ravens. This one was over very early, and the Ravens scored 14 in the first, 14 in the second, 21 in the third quarter, and then basically just kind of sat out the fourth quarter, winning the game 49-13. The Ravens moved to 7-2, and two, and the Bungles are the only winless team on the season at 0-9. Lamar Jackson, absolutely on fire, 223 yards through the air, three touchdowns. He had another one rushing. Joe Mixon had 30 carries for over 100, uh, 114 yards, 30 carries for Joe Mixon. Of course, didn't amount to much uh, on the scoreboard, uh, but for fantasy purposes, 30 carries is insane. Um, I obviously don't expect him to be getting more than 25 carries a game. Uh, I'd hope for just 20 touches. But what this does say is that even though the Bengals are basically shipping it in for the season, they are running the offense through Joe Mixon. So that's good for those of you, um, like myself, who have been waiting for Joe Mixon to turn into something. At least they have not completely forgotten about him. So touchdowns are going to be low because they just don't score very often, but Joe Mixon at least getting the work there. Marquise Brown returns for the Ravens, four for 80 and a touchdown. And Mark Andrews, who we'll talk about in our ballers and stallers, two touchdowns for him as well. Ravens, big win, 49-13 on the road. Head into Cleveland, where the Browns get a much-needed win. Uh, I called this game. Lucas and I will recap our uh, you know, our picks from last week um, on tomorrow's episode. But uh, the Browns did get the win here um, against the Bills. 19-16, it was ugly, but they get the W. 3-6 um, and six for the Browns, 6-3 and three for the Bills, who were once 5-0. and oh, But they're 1-3 and three in the last four games and definitely uh, starting to slip. I think they're still playoff contenders. That defense is legit, especially at home. Nice run game, but as much as Josh Allen is a great athlete and can make plays happen, he's not enough of a quarterback to make them a serious contender, I don't think. Um, and they haven't been a real contender since Tyrod Taylor, who is kind of a similar quarterback to Josh Allen with the running ability. But Tyrod Taylor could throw the ball much better. So worried about the Bills overall until Josh Allen really becomes a legit pocket passer thrower. Um much you know, Lamar Jackson has started to fit into that role this year, and Josh Allen hasn't quite hit his groove there. So excellent runner, obviously had another rushing touchdown in this one. He had two sixty six through the air, um, but not able to get a lot of points on the board there. So I like the Bills a lot. I'm not sure they're a serious contender until he becomes uh, an official quarterback. Uh, Nick Chubb, twenty carries. 116 yards on the ground against these Bills. You can't throw on them, but you can pass on them. Uh, good game for Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt did return in this game. Talk about him and the ballers and stallers. Uh, he had a number of touches, though, and was effective. So we'll see how that is moving forward. Jarvis Landry, 9 for 97 and a touchdown. Odell Beckham did have 12 targets in this game, but not much out of him. Uh, didn't get a touchdown, but it looks like Baker is trying to fire the ball to Odell best that he can. So we'll see about that moving forward as well. Browns, big win, 19-16 over the Bills. Heading into Tennessee, my upset of the week came to fruition as well. Back-to-back -back big wins here. For me, 35-32, the Titans do get the win. Move to 5-5, five five. the Chiefs fall to 6-4. The Titans rally late and um, get past uh, Mahomes, Ryan Tannehill, 
had a 23-yard touchdown to Adam Humphreys with 23 seconds left to get the win. Patrick Mahomes, business as usual, almost 450 yards and three touchdowns, but it wasn't enough on this day. Derrick Henry, 23 carries, 188 and two touchdowns, and Tyreek Hill, 11 for 157 and a touchdown here. Titans get it done, though. It was a, it was a boat race, but they had just enough offense and enough defense to get by the Chiefs in the upset of the week in Tennessee, 35-32. Moving into another upset of the week, uh, maybe more surprising, would be the Falcons over the Saints. This one is in New Orleans, and the Falcons beat them up 26-9. to Falcons moved to just 2-7, and but the Saints were 7-2, and uh, or are 7-2, and I should say, after this loss. They'll be just fine. I think they got upended, weren't expecting uh, the Falcons to do as much damage on the ground as they did, but they absolutely came out firing. Uh, Drew Brees. 288, but no touchdowns. Michael Thomas, 13 catches, 152. No matter what, Michael Thomas gets his numbers. Matt Ryan had uh, two touchdowns as well, uh, but lost Austin Hooper. Um, He'll be out, it looks like a month with an MCL sprain. It could be longer than that. Definitely heading into your fantasy playoffs, especially if you're a competitive fantasy team. Do not drop Austin Hooper. If you have an IR spot, then you definitely can keep him there. If you just have a regular bench position and you don't have another great tight end option, I would not drop Austin Hooper. He's going to take up a month, maybe five weeks of your fantasy roster, which is going to get you deep into the fantasy playoffs, which hopefully you make it that far. But two reasons. If Austin Hooper heals up quicker, then you have one of the top tight ends and the number one tight end on the season so far back in action. If he doesn't heal up until maybe the semifinals or the finals, and you drop him, someone else will pick him up with that deeper roster and then either could play against you or they could use him to a disadvantage. So it's a tricky situation with injuries this time of year. And if it was a wide receiver two or running back two and he was out a month at this time of the year, I'd probably say to drop him if he didn't have an IR spot. Austin Hooper, though, being a tight end and being a top top tier tight end um, with a projection of coming back in four weeks, I think uh, you could get away with it. So as of right now, don't drop Austin Hooper. In another week or two, we start figuring out this injury. If it's worse than that, then we can drop him. But right now, I would not drop him uh, yet unless you have a much, much better option on your waiver wire, which at this point of the season, I can't imagine is the case. Nonetheless, Brian Hill also steps in for Devonta Freeman uh, with 20 carries and 61 yards. He was a big waiver wire pickup this week. I hope you got shares of him potentially if you need uh, running back help. But the Falcons get a big win here. Don't completely ship in the season. 26 19 uh 26 9 excuse me over the rival saints let's move into the battle of new york played in new jersey the jets get the win here 34 to 27 over the giants both teams uh actually well i guess the jets are two and seven the giants are two and eight and man this was a kind of a rough game uh four touchdowns from Daniel Jones with 300 yards. That was nice. He has one of the best fantasy schedules going into the playoffs and throughout the playoffs. So if you're streaming quarterbacks, I would definitely go pick up Daniel Jones, stick him on your bench, and use him when the uh, when the uh, fantasy playoffs come around. He does have a lot of plus matchups, but we also know that he could uh, throw for 150 and two picks. But he has been better, and uh, hopefully Evan Ingram isn't out too long, and hopefully Sterling Shepard does come back, and hopefully Saquon Barkley isn't hurt too much. But if they all are, then I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Slayton and Golden Tate can really propel this offense, uh, but we shall see. 
Um, Darius Slayton, on that note, 10 for 122 and 2 in this game. Definitely a breakout for him. We'll see if that moves up uh, moving forward. And Le'Veon Bell, just 34 yards and a touchdown on the ground, but it was enough to get that win for the Jets, 34-27. Moving to Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers squeak by the uh, Cardinals in uh, Arians, um, Bruce Arians, Revisit to his old team, Arizona, uh, both teams at three and six. And of course, the Cardinals also have a tie there, three, six and one. 30 to 27, the Bucks get the win. Jameis throws for 358 and one touchdown. Peyton Barber, 11 carries for 43 yards and a touchdown. But Ronald Jones also had a very good game here. We'll talk about him um, moving forward in the ballers and stallers. And Christian Kirk, really a career high and a career best day. Six catches, 138, and three touchdowns for Christian Kirk. Uh, we had been mentioning that love Larry Fitzgerald, but he's fading late in the season, which he does the last couple of years. Christian Kirk finally coming back off an of injury. He looks great. And uh, Kyler Murray still not quite to the Kyler Murray that we thought but I think he's starting to hit his stride. So Christian Kirk is definitely a great waiver pickup potentially. And I don't know if you can buy him low at this point after this big week, but definitely a buy candidate heading into the playoffs there. Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, you know, not much. Mike Evans does his thing, but Chris Godwin held quiet. And on the other side, OJ Howard finally catches his touchdown. Um, and we will see about him moving forward. This is against the Cardinals. Everybody, but Tyler Eifert has been very successful against the Cardinals this year, so I'm not quick to be super thrilled about it. Um, however, this is definitely looking up, so hopefully uh, with him getting more healthy, O.J. Howard can be more of a factor. 30-27, Bucks get the win at home over the Cardinals. Dolphins get their second win of the season as well against the Colts. They move to 2-7. and seven. The Colts fall to 5-4. and four. This game was in Indianapolis. Colts, uh, or excuse me, the Dolphins, two wins in a row here, 16-12. Brian Hoyer, Hoyer filling in for Jacoby Brissett, 204 and a touchdown. Marlon Mack, 19 carries, 74 yards. And on the other side, Devontae Parker, five catches for 69 yards. Um, Ryan Fitzmagic scored on an 11-yard run in the first half, and the defense actually kind of took care of it from there. So the Colts were actually shut out in the first half of this game. Dolphins led 10-0, and uh, they had uh, another six points in the fourth quarter to seal it. So Dolphins uh, not mailing it in just yet. Two and seven on the season, 16 to 12 over the Colts. Let's move on to the Panker, uh, the Packers, the Packers and the Panthers. 24-16, Packers get the win in Lambeau Field. Had a nice uh, snow at the end of this game. The Packers are now eight and two. The Panthers are five and four. And... Christian McCaffrey, business as usual, 20 carries, 108, and a touchdown. More through the air, of course. Aaron Jones, three rushing touchdowns. Kyle Allen, 300 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers, no passing touchdowns in this one. He actually had one called back. And DJ Moore, nine catches for 120. Devontae Adams still getting uh, still getting his, but not getting a touchdown yet. I think that is on the horizon shortly. The Packers do have a tough schedule coming up, but, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and uh, Devontae Adams will click eventually, and I think that they're going to get clicking at the right time come your fantasy playoffs. Some other guys for the Packers, um, Adam Lazard is really starting to kind of become that number two, uh, or Alan Lazard, excuse me, should become that number two there for uh, the Packers. So keep an eye on him if he's under waivers and you got an extra bench spot, I would definitely throw him on there, especially in dynasty leagues. Just throw him at the end of your bench. 
fill out the rest of the season, see what they do with Geronimo and MVS, who have not really stepped up in that number two and been injury-riddled as well. So could be another uh, option there. Packers, big win, 24-16 over the Panthers. A couple more games here, the Steelers and the Rams. This was a great game. Um, I was able to watch this one with my pops uh, down in California, and we watched the very end of this game, and the Rams had every opportunity to come back and win this game. But the Steelers, especially at home, I think do have an elite defense. I really do. They have been playing very, very well. Mika Fitzpatrick has been out of his mind since getting traded over from Miami to uh, the Steelers. And Joe Hayden was basically one-on-one shadow coverage for the most part on Cooper Cup the entire game. And Cooper Cup had no catches in the entire game. Phenomenal coverage from Joe Hayden there. Um, And Jalen Samuels and Trey Edmonds were kind of a beat-up match uh, to be just enough to get the Steelers past the Rams in another upset, I think, of the week, 17-12. to Both teams are now 5-4, and so the Rams, uh, with the Niners and the Seahawks, which we'll get to Monday Night Football, of course, in just a second, with the Niners and the Seahawks being where they're at and playing at the level that they're at, the Rams, I don't even think they're going to make a wild card at this point. Uh, I mean, of course, we still have many weeks left of the season. I'm not saying the Rams are done, but... Brandon Cooks, not sure he's going to even play anymore. If he does come back, how healthy is he going to be? Robert Woods, although a better game, 7 for 95 this week, hasn't been much recently. Todd Gurley, just 12 carries for 73 yards, but not the Todd Gurley of last year. Jared Goff can't play on the road, 243, two picks, no touchdowns for him. And this defense is just not as scary necessarily, although Aaron Donald is absolutely an animal. But outside of him, they are vulnerable. The Steelers get the win here at home, 17-12, to and uh, the Steelers' defense really was the name of the game here. So I'm worried about this offense uh, of the Rams, and just when they, you know, when a push comes to shove, even if they back into a wild-card spot, I don't see them getting by one of the top NFC teams at all. Uh, the Niners, the Seahawks, the Saints, um, the Packers, I just, uh, you know, even the, the, the Vikings or the Cowboys, you know, when it all shakes out, I just don't see the Rams being one of those teams. So as of right now, I've got the Rams out of playoff contention, but we shall see. We've got a lot of weeks left. Anything can happen. Steelers, big win at home, 17-12. to 12. Sunday night football, Vikings with a big win in Dallas, 28-24. Vikings are 7-3, Dallas 5-4. Dalvin Cook, huge game, 26 carries, 97 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. He had another 80-plus through the air. Absolute machine. Dak Prescott, 397 and three touchdowns. Most of that going to Amari Cooper, 11 for 147 and a touch. Playing very, very well. Kyle Rudolph had two one-yard touchdowns and a two-point conversion, which really could have and should have been Dalvin Cooks, but uh, they play action both times on the one-yard line to uh, Kyle Rudolph. So he got two touchdowns. I it's going to look really sexy when you sort all of your, you know, last year, last week's scores. I would not be getting too excited about Kyle Rudolph. He's not really used elsewhere. Uh, he's a huge body and athletic tight end in the goal line, which is nice, but kind of like an Eric Ebron, right? He might catch a touchdown or two every week. Sure. But he's not going to have the consistency that you're looking for at the tight end position. So if you're looking for boom or bust, you're just hoping he catches a touchdown. Kyle Rudolph's your guy. If you're looking for a consistency pitch, I would not be throwing him out there. Um, The Cowboys looked really good in this game, but Zeke could not get going. The Vikings defense, who looks like you can throw on the Vikings at this point, um, 
but uh, can't run on him. They made a point to focus on Zeke Elliott and eliminate him from this game, and they did very well there. So the Vikings get a huge win in Dallas, um, 28-24, and uh, the Vikings are 7-3, and and the and, uh, Dallas Cowboys fall to 5-4 and four here. So we'll see if they can, uh, they can pick it up here down the stretch. Last game of the week recap and really the game of the week, Man, uh, I'll talk more about this with Lucas tomorrow. I'm sure he's going to have plenty to say uh, to me about the 49ers and yada, yada. I'm just going to, you know, Seahawks get the win, 27-24, deep into overtime. It was almost a tie. The Niners had a 10-0 lead, and then they went cold. Uh, They didn't score for the second quarter. They didn't score in the third quarter. They had two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but they gave the ball up in overtime. Seahawks march down, kick a game-winning field goal. That's the game. The 49ers are legit, and I, I have no uh, shame of admitting how much of a 49er fan I am on this podcast, but for those of you that have been listening to this podcast for any length of time, I hope that you've realized that as much of a 49er and University of Oregon duck homer I am from my upbringing and where I went to school and everything else, I hope that you also understand that I do my very, very best to continue to have integrity and be an honest and upfront fantasy and al- uh, analyst as well on here. Um And the reality is the Niners were dominating the Seahawks in the first half. Then the reality is the Seahawks dominated the 49ers in the second half and in overtime. And what I'm afraid of, and I mentioned multiple times on the podcast and in my DMs and on Instagram and everything else, I'm worried about Jimmy Garoppolo. We saw in the second half, we saw in uh, overtime that he straight up was fucking scared. And that worries me. He got nervous when it actually mattered. And he couldn't throw five-yard checkdowns to George Kittle, who didn't play. And Emmanuel Sanders got hurt and left. Matt Breida got hurt and he left. And all of a sudden, there's a little adversity. And Jimmy Garoppolo has to make a play. And he was flustered in the pocket. He had a sack fumble twice. We got one of them back. He had was had terrible throws, overthrowing, underthrowing, you know, outthrowing uh, receivers by two or three yards. Scrambling in the pocket looked unnerved the whole second half when the game was on the line. That's what I've been nervous about this entire season. I've been telling people, yes, I'm, I've been riding the wave of undefeated for the Niners too, but the realism is, you know, quote unquote, haven't played anybody. Well, we played somebody in the Seahawks and we were beating their ass for the first half. But then when it came down to it and we had to rely on our quarterback, like the Seahawks do, Russell Wilson stepped up because he's one of the best in the league and a team leader and a winner. He steps up, does what he needs to do late, fights to adversity, boom, puts his team in a position to win, and they do. Jimmy Garoppolo did kind of the same thing, and we missed a field goal, and that's you know not on Jimmy. But what is on Jimmy is multiple other drives that we had that could have elongated for another first down or could have run for a first down or could have had this and this, a, a stupid incompletion or whatever. So the loss is not because of Jimmy Garoppolo. It was a team loss. It always is. But I'm worried about this moving forward with the Niners. These two teams are going to play in the last week of the season. Could be for the number one seed in the NFC. It could be for the division. It could be for a number of things. And the 49ers defense is the real deal. But the Seahawks are as well. To get to the game itself and the stats, sorry for my rant. Thank you for listening. Jimmy Garoppolo, 248 and a touchdown. Russell Wilson did his thing. Had a touchdown late. They had uh, two touchdowns. Uh, Chris Carson had a touchdown, 89 yards on the ground. Debo Samuel, 112 on eight catches for the Niners. And that, a lot of that came when uh, Emmanuel Sanders went out, which is great. But like I said, George Kittle didn't play, so there was a hole there. Tyler Lockett got hurt. 
He's going to be out potentially a few weeks, could be on even on IR. And unfortunately, Jason Myers, the kicker for the Seahawks, kicked a 42-yard field goal after Chase McLaughlin, the Niners' field goal kicker, missed his attempt. And all in all, the uh, Seahawks prevail. And um, 27-24 in San Francisco, or Santa Clara really is where they play. But uh, the 49ers lose a game they should have won, frankly, uh, to the Seahawks. So in the spirit of good sportsmanship, shouts out to my local Northwest Seahawks fans. Um, but this one was ugly. And this one hurts extra, not about losing the game, but how we lost it. And the fact that like I almost like predicted this as the game was unraveling. Like, oh shit, I can see Jimmy getting nervous. Uh-oh, uh-oh. And all of a sudden we kind of lost our swagger and charisma because I'm just not sure people 100% believe in him. I think he's a game manager. You know, he's an Alex Smith. He's, he's uh, you know, somebody that you kind of have on your team to just not fuck up. He's not a game winner. And uh, we saw it tonight or, you know, Monday night, I should say. So anyway, I digress. Seahawks 27, Niners 24. Seahawks moved to 8-2, and 5-0 and on the road. Very impressive. And the Niners fall their first game of the season. They lose. They are now 8-1 and and 3-1 and at home. We will preview week 10, or excuse me, week 11 now. Wow. Week 11 with Lucas on the next episode. But before that, we'll take a quick break here in just a second, and then I'll go over my ballers and stallers from week 10. But the bye week teams were six of them on bye this last week. The Broncos, the Patriots, the Eagles, the Redskins, the Jaguars, and the Texans all on bye last week. They will will be playing in week 11. After the break, I'll get to my ballers and stallers. Hey, listeners, take a break here. If you like what you're hearing, you want to find us outside of the podcast, please like and follow us on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore TCK pod, on Twitter at TCK underscore pod, on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast, and of course, drop us an email at tckpod at gmail.com. Please also subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rate and review. We always appreciate your feedback. And go visit our website, tckpod.com, for weekly rankings and Lucas's Start Sit articles. Before we get into my ballers and stallers from week 10, here's a quick word from our sponsor, Anchor. Stay tuned. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to and how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor 
anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Ballers and stallers for week 10. No surprise here at the quarterback position. Lamar Jackson once again up at the top of the list. 33 standard fantasy points. 223 yards through the area and three touchdowns. Another seven carries, 65 yards and a touchdown on the ground. One of the better highlight reels we've had so far this year. Lamar Jackson up in the MVP race, of course. Very, very good game from Lamar Jackson. Next up, Daniel Jones with basically, uh, you know, two receivers and half a tight end and half a running back. Daniel Jones gets it done. 308, four touchdowns, another 20 on the ground. Patrick Mahomes, 446 and three touchdowns. Kyler Murray, over 303 touchdowns. Nice game for him against the Buccaneers, although he does not get the Buccaneers secondary every week. So temper expectations for Kyler, although this was a great kind of coming out party for him a little bit there. Dak Prescott, 397 and three touchdowns on Sunday Night Football. Josh Allen, as I mentioned, two rushing touchdowns, which helped buoy his floor, but just 266 through the air and no touchdowns uh, through the air for him. Sam Darnold did have a rushing and a throwing score, not much otherwise. Mitch Trubisky, 173, but he threw three touchdowns, so that buoyed his um, stats as well, but I would not get too excited about Mitch Trubisky. couple honorable mention here. Um, Kirk Cousins and Ryan Tannehill, two touchdowns apiece. Baker Mayfield and Matt Ryan also had two touchdowns as well. 358 yards passing for Jameis Winston, but just one touchdown. A couple stallers here. Um, Kyle Allen, if you're still starting him potentially uh, against that Packers secondary, 300 yards, but just one touchdown there. Derek Carr, 218 and a touchdown. Ryan Fitzmagic, if you're in a two QB league, 169 and none. Drew Brees. 287 and none. Phillip Rivers, 202, but three interceptions. Aaron Rodgers, 233 and none. And Jimmy Garoppolo, 248 and just one touchdown. Then you have Brian Hoyer as well, if you started him, uh, thinking that he would recap his two weeks ago. Performance, 201 as well. And then Jared Goff, 243 and one as well. So those are your ballers and sellers for your quarterback position. Jumping into the running backs, of course, again, as uh, per always, this is PPR here. So Derrick Henry, beasting out here, 33 PPR fantasy points, and 23 carries, 188, and two touchdowns. He had just two receptions for three yards, but he just didn't need them. So the big uh, argument of, you know, I had it too, of uh, him not being efficient in the pass game just frankly doesn't matter. Derrick Henry's an animal. Dalvin Cook, uh, 26 for 97 and a touchdown, seven catches for 86 yards through the air as well. Aaron Jones, 13 rushes for 93 yards and three rushing touchdowns, nothing through the air though. Aaron Jones is receiving uh, capabilities and opportunities drop dramatically with um, with Devontae Adams back in the lineup here. So be careful with that and the high expectations. He's still getting the touchdowns, so he's going to buoy your fantasy team. But if he doesn't get those touchdowns, he's going to – he's not boom or bust per se. He's much more boom than bust. But if he doesn't get those touchdowns every week that could go to anybody else, um, he could potentially uh, flunk your team there. Christian McCaffrey, 20, uh, carries for 108 and one, another 33 through the air there on seven targets. Ronald Jones, breakout game here, 11 for 29 on the ground, but he did have a rushing touchdown and then eight receptions for 77 yards 
um, on eight targets through the air there. So nice to see them use a dual threat. Melvin Gordon, 22 carries for 108 and a touchdown, another 25 on a reception there. Josh Jacobs, 16 for 71 and a touchdown, another 30 through the air. Chris Carson, 25 for 89 and a touchdown on the ground. And Joe Mixon, 30 carries, as I mentioned, 114 and 37 through the air. Le'Veon Bell, 34 yards, but he did get the touchdown, but a total of 22 touches for 68 yards. He did have a touchdown, but still not feeling it. Three yards a touch. Ugh. I mean, I've, I've said what I need to say about Le'Veon Bell. Not impressed. Less about him, more about the team. Alvin Kamara, four, touch, uh, four carries, 24 yards. 50 yards receiving on eight catches. He'll be just fine. I think that was a shake-off-the-rust game. But honestly, the uh, Falcons beat up on the Saints there, which is impressive. Kareem Hunt, in his game back, actually outpaced Nick Chubb. Uh, Four carries for 30 yards for Kareem Hunt. Another seven catches for 44 yards there. Nick Chubb, though, getting the bulk of the work out of the backfield. 20 for 116. And uh, no touchdowns there, but he had 20 Two touches to Kareem Hunt's 11, um, so obviously twice as much, but Kareem Hunt definitely a factor early. Brian Hill filling in, as I mentioned, and then um, a couple you know, a couple honorable mentions here, I guess. Uh, Damian Williams, 77 yards. Uh, Austin Eckler did have a receiving touchdown. Peyton Barber had a touchdown as well. Um, and Tevin Coleman, 72 total yards on 13 touches. Should see more now that Matt Breida is going to be out for a couple of weeks. And uh, now we'll get into our stallers, and that would be Kenyon Drake if you were starting him, although he still outpaced David Johnson, who was another staller for sure. But Kenyon Drake, uh, 10 carries for 35 yards, another six catches for six yards there. Mark Ingram did have a touchdown, but just 34 yards. Marlon Mack, 74 yards on the ground. Um, Zeke Elliott, 47 yards on the ground, 16 through the air. And Saquon Barkley, 13 carries for one yard. That is not a typo. 13 carries for one yard, five catches for 30 yards through the air. Devin Singletary, eight for 42. Devonta Freeman, 10 for 38 and three for 10 before he left. Todd Gurley, 12 for 73. Jalen Samuels, 14 for 29, just three catches for 11 yards. David Montgomery, 17 for 60. Matt Breida, 18 for eight, uh, eight, 10 for 18 before he left. And um, unfortunately, David Johnson was one of the ultimate busts uh, on the entire day, and he went for five carries for two yards and then one catch for eight yards, but he fumbled um, and lost it. So he actually ended uh, some leagues with negative points. So definitely disappointing there for, for David Johnson, folks, and I'm, I'm certainly one of them in one of my leagues there. So those are your ball and installers for the running back position. Let's get to the wide receivers here. We'll do the tight ends, and we'll get out of here. Wide receiver, Christian Kirk, career day, 6 for 138 and 3 on 10 targets. Darius Slayton, career day as well, 10 for 122 on and 2 touchdowns on 14 targets. Tyree Kill, 11 for 157 and a touchdown on 19 targets. Amari Cooper, 11 for 147 and a touchdown on 14 targets. Michael Thomas, 13 for 152 on 14 targets. Jarvis Landry, uh, the number one Browns receiver as of now, 9 for 97 and a touch on 10 targets. Golden Tate. Had four for 95 and two touchdowns. Randall Cobb, six for 106 and a touchdown. And a couple of honorable mentions here. Uh, DJ Moore, nine for 120 on 11 targets. No touchdown, though. Debo Samuel, eight for 112. No touchdown. Jamison Crowder, five for 81 and a touchdown. James Washington, six 
for 90 and a touchdown. Devontae Adams, seven for 118. We like to see that. A touchdown for Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, uh, Michael Gallup, um, Kendrick Bourne as well for the Niners, Kenny Galladay, Taylor Gabriel, Curtis Samuel, Miko Hardman, all had touchdowns, but uh, not much otherwise. Let's go into our staller category. Um, I'm going to start with Mike Evans, and not that he let your team down by any means. He had four for 82, uh, but he has been absolutely uh, on fire. So if he is your number one uh, and you're in the standard league with eight points, it's not going to get it done in just 12 in, in a PPR. So I guess if you're going to have a staller week from Mike Evans, you'd like it to be this. So uh, just 12 fantasy points from him. Tyler Boyd, six for 62. Devontae Parker, actually a nice game here. Um, five for 69, but uh, in the solid category. Um, Julio Jones, three for 79. Getting it done. He had nine targets, though. I'm not sure how Matt Ryan and Julio Jones are off on six of the nine targets, but Anyway, they'll get better moving forward there. Odo Beckham, five for 57 on 12 targets. They were off on seven there. Uh, Deontay Johnson, who's been my dog for a couple of weeks, uh, just four for 64. Sammy Watkins, five for 37. And a couple of the names here. Uh, Stephon Diggs, three for 49. Calvin Ridley, three for 28. Mike Williams, two for 55. Juju, three for 44. And Auden Tate, three for 36. Move on to the tight ends. Mark Andrews leading the pack here. No surprise. Two quick touchdowns in this one. Six for 53 and two touchdowns on eight targets. Travis Kelsey, seven for 75 and a touchdown on seven targets. Jacob Hollister remains super hot for the Seahawks. Eight for uh, 62 and a touchdown on 10 targets. Kyle Rudolph, four for 14 and two uh, two touchdowns. Greg Olson, um, eight for 98 and 10 targets. Gerald Everett, eight for 68 and 12 targets. O.J. Howard gets his touchdown, but just 47 yards otherwise. And Jared Cook, six for 74 there. A couple um, stallers, I guess, for the tight end. Really, any production from a tight end at this point <laughs> is a positive, but some stallers here. Um, not so much staller because he did what he could before he got hurt, but Austin Hooper, four for 17, did get his touchdown, which for a tight end basically makes him a top option for the week, but uh, not much otherwise. So four for 17 from Austin Hooper. Eric Ebron, five for 56. Hunter Henry, four for 30, but he got his touchdown as well. Uh, a couple of the names you might have been streaming. Jimmy Graham, two for 59. TJ Hawkins at three for 47. Rhett Ellison, three for 42. Also got hurt. He was filling in for uh, Evan Ingram, of course, for the Giants. Darren Waller, three for 40. Jonu Smith, three for 30. And Ross Dwelly, who actually streamed in the league instead of George Kittle, was three for 24. And Vance McDonald, also usually another streaming option. Um, three for 11 and Mike Kosicki, who was a popular streaming pick this week, just three for 28. So as we know, tight ends, very uh, unpredictable. If they get that touchdown, you're, you're in good shape. If you don't, then you're probably going to be flopping there. So those are the ballers and installers for week 10. And we are going to get into week 11 and some trade talk with uh, Lucas Kaser on the next episode. So make sure you tune for that. And uh, we're getting into the home stretch of fantasy Got to get into the playoffs. You got to get into the playoffs. I mentioned multiple, multiple times myself, my good buddy Daniel Curley, our, our previous co host here on the podcast, all of us over the years, in the 10, 12, 15 years we've been playing fantasy football, we've all had, you know, uh, records of seven and six or six and seven, right? Or, um, you know, eight and five, 
uh, not sexy records. You just have to get into the playoffs. Once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. The top seeds guy can get hurt. They could have an off week. You could have a fire week. You could get catch streak for three weeks. That's all you need in the playoffs, three hot weeks. And you can cast at any given time. It's fantasy football. Anything can happen. All of a sudden, you can run the table. So don't give up right now. Don't give up yet, and if you're in Keeper League, start figuring out who those guys are going to be. Start trading for people. Figure out your dynasty. Make sure you pay attention to your trade deadline. Shoot me your DMs. All of the uh, links to our podcast and everything and everywhere you can find us on social media, always in the outro, which you'll catch in three, two, one. Peace. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to email us at tckpod at gmail.com or shoot us a DM on Instagram at fantasyfootball underscore tckpod. You can also find us on Twitter at tck underscore pod or on Facebook at the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Make sure to check out our website, tckpod.com, for my weekly rankings, waiver wire ads, and Lucas's start sit column. And if you've gained any value from this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and make sure to rate and review us as well as drop a like and a follow on our social media as it really makes a difference for an independent podcast like us. And we much, much appreciate your support. Make the most of the rest of your day and we'll catch you next time on the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Sky Guasco and I am out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.